with the first pick. Welcome back to another episode of the Daft on Draft podcast. We're recording right after the Super Bowl has has concluded. Uh, so we are officially in draft season, even though it's always draft season. There's no more football left to be played on the college or the NFL level. So, you know, combine is in two weeks, uh, free agencies in 30 days. Uh, and then, you know, from there, it's, it's uh, straight into the NFL draft. Uh, before we get too deep into this, uh, I do want to just bring up again that we are now proud affiliates of Homage, the clothing the clothing company. So again, if you like Homage and you like to buy Homage things, help us out. Give us a little kickback. We put, I'm going to put a link in every single episode description. Uh, there's a link on my Substack uh, as well that you can go directly into Homage. And it, as long as you click our direct link, there's no code, there's no nothing. It can be traced back to that link. Uh, we get a little bit of a kickback from whatever that order is, uh, just for for some free marketing for them. So, uh, yeah, if you love Homage, I love Homage. Uh, they gave us some free hoodies for for partnering up, so we're happy for them. They might even allow us to do a little giveaway around the drafts as well. Um, but again, a link in every description episode, a link on my Substack. Uh, I'll tweet it out as well every time I tweet an ep- out an episode. But click that link, buy some gear using our link, and help feed our families. Uh, but now, you know, it's been 10 days. I'm, I'm excited to bring Devin back in, my co-host Devin Jackson. A busy uh, couple 10 days for him because, uh, again, he writes for the Philadelphia Inquirer. And that was one of the teams playing in the Super Bowl. So, Devin, nonstop from the Senior Bowl to the Super Bowl. How are you, man? Yeah, man, I'm I'm good. Uh, luckily, this is a, a time of year where where I really get energized and and love the discussions around prospects. And and this is the time, like you said, NFL is done. Uh, Kansas City won a, a thrilling game, probably uh, one of the best games of the season by far. Um, and and but it leaves, uh, you know, us not, us now looking forward to the draft. And and I'm very excited. Com- can't believe the combine is already two weeks away. Uh, we. It feels like we just put the finishing touches on the senior bowl, uh, but this is how it rolls. And, and then we'll be rolling right into pro day, pro day, man. So I'm excited. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, as I'm doing, we still have a few positions left of, of doing our top 10. Uh, today we're actually going to do safeties and corners both in one episode. So we're going to dive right in again. We go five to one. Actually really excited for this. Devin and I have lined up on a lot of these positional groups and, uh, and this, these are two groups that, that we see pretty differently. So I'm excited to kind of break into that, get into that a little bit and uh, discuss why we are, we are and who we got, and where we got. So Devin, let's start with corners. Number five for you. Yeah. So this is a, a guy that came into the season, probably one of the, 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 the most hyped corners uh, of the draft class that really didn't match up to, to the hype. And that's Keely ring of the mm. defensive back from Georgia. Uh, I know that he didn't hit your top five and, and I'll let you talk about that in a little bit, but for me, what it really came down to was he has the traits that you bet on at the defensive back mm-hmm. position. And for him, the film was just lackluster. Um, just too many times, he was beat uh, immediately off the line of scrimmage. You know, the timing of uh, his press um, press reps just weren't uh, always consistent. Um, and then locating the football in the air is just an Achilles heel for him. A mm-hmm. number of passes where he was in good position, uh, probably should have made a play on the ball and, and just couldn't 
um, you know, wh- whether it was getting his head around too late or, uh, you know, like grabbing the receiver in, in panic mode. So all that's apparent in the 2022 film, but then you see the flashes, like the interception you had against the Tennessee where he ran the route for Cedric Tillman, caught over the shoulder for interception, had a nice interception sinking under a pass for Will Levis uh, in the end zone um, against Kentucky. So you see the the high flashes. You see um, him show the ball skills that that are so coveted um, and just make the plays. There was a play he made against uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. where he chased down from blitzing and, and came and covered about 15 yards of ground that enforced a fumble that went out of bounds. So there are flashes on this film of mm-hmm. high level play, but the the inconsistencies, you know, will turn people off and, and some NFL teams off. Now I expect him probably to, to test very well at the combine um, in, in, in from that aspect, but definitely some room to grow in a developmental guy. I think that you're going to be betting on two or three years, but not to, to be an immediate um, stud at the NFL level. Yeah, he didn't crack my top five, as you mentioned. Um, I mean, he's going to go to Indy and he's going to test off the charts. There's still a chance he's going to go first round. And he is volatile in man coverage. Really frustrating because, again, he has the tools. I see the foot speed. Uh, I think his press tech is, is fine for the most part. But but once he opens his hips, once receivers are at the top of the routes, it just feels like he's guessing a lot of times. It feels like he doesn't have a good understanding of, of route recognition. Um, his eyes start to wander, especially in the scramble drill. It happened a lot on Marvin Harrison uh, in in the the semis. Um, you mentioned the volatile ball skills, man. Once he once he locates the football, he's got really natural hands. He looks like a wide receiver when he when he locates it. Even the ability to, to high point. So I think the ball skills are there, but his ability to find the football consistently is just so volatile. I feel like I've used that word a lot to describe him. And, and that's kind of where I am with that. Um, and I even, I'm even to a point where like, I might take a guy like Jalen Jones, who's his like similar, similar build to him, maybe not as athletic, but I think he's a lot more refined than Keely Ringo is uh, as a player. I might take a guy like Jalen Jones over top of, of, of Kaylee Ringo as well. Uh, Cause I think Jones is going to test well too. Even though if it's not, he's not a freak show. We know that Keely Ringo is a freak show and an NFL team is going to love him. But the tape just isn't there this year. And I don't think the tape was there all that much last year either. Um, because, I, again, I just feel like he's guessing a lot. Um, so that brings me to my number five. Um, and he's not in your top five. So uh, Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State. Um, again, Mississippi State is kind of a weird scheme to evaluate because they just play a lot of off for three. They just play a lot of off-ball cover three. So you, you don't get to see a lot of reps in man coverage. You don't get a lot to see a lot of reps and press um, from a guy like Forbes. Uh, and I feel like that's why Martin Emerson got dinged a little bit last year, fell all the way to the third round, and then played as one of the best rookie corners in the entire NFL when he got to the NFL for the for the Browns. Um, and I've watched a lot of Martin Emerson, so I, I, I kind of get it. But with Forbes... Uh, Forbes isn't as strong as, as Martin Emerson. He's not as dense as Martin Emerson, but he's a lot twitchier. He is twitched up. Uh, I think Forbes is going to really test off the charts. He's not going to weigh as much as, as you'd probably like, cause he's, he's pretty thin. Um, he's a pretty thin dude, but, but again, his change of direction, his trigger is explosive. Uh, he's got plus ball skills. He knows how to find the football. He knows how to locate the football. He knows how to high point the football. Uh, and he's got soft hands. His ball production is off the charts. Um, 
And again, I think I think Forbes is one of those guys where you say, you know, you're playing the scheme a lot in college, but I don't think that's because of a skill. I think that's because of a system. And if you allow him to come up and play press man, he's got real long arms. Um, and so I, I think he has the foot speed to it's going to take him some time to develop some press tech because he's not asked to do it a lot. But I, I think he has the tools to um break out of just that that kind of vanilla coverage scheme that that Mississippi State tends to throw out with with their corners um like we saw with Dantzler Cam Dantzler like we saw with Martin Emerson like we're gonna like we've seen with Forbes but I, I, Forbes is definitely the most twitched up the most athletic of those guys and uh, I think he's honestly really underrated and I think he deserves to be in consideration for you know a top 35 top 40 pick um that's how highly I think of, of Emmanuel Forbes so that's why I have it at, at CB5. Yeah, so Forbes actually is my CB four. It was uh, Deontay Banks mm. that didn't make the right, top. Right, right. We'll talk. I'll talk about that a little bit later. But Forbes, yeah, everything that you you mentioned about Forbes, uh, the twitchiness, uh, the ball skills. Uh, I mean, you know, I think the most probably the play that is floating around most is when he picked off that screen against Will Levis, and it was just kind of a you know showcase of anticipation understanding, you know, what they're throwing at him, the the constant screens that Kentucky ran. Um, so that was one example. He had a really nice game against Alabama, too, uh, making some plays on the football. So for forwards, for me, at first, you know, I, I you know, I got through probably a game and a half, two games. You know, it, it took me a little while to to kind of warm up to him. But when you – that Alabama game, I think, really turned the tide for me, just being able to to showcase that. And, um, you know, so, uh, you can see that he – can probably play press man at the NFL level, but like you said, because of the scheme, you know, it just didn't allow him to. But I was really impressed with with him once I finished the uh evaluation overall. And and you know, it's kind of the key for me. You know, like so many so many of these guys, like I feel like there's a point in time, like, okay, like, you know, I, I see the twitchiness, you know, I see kind of the the ball skills, like, can I see it all come together and you know, I, I saw it come together for him uh, by game games three and four. So, so I was really impressed with Forbes and, and he had his DB four for me. I love it. I love it. Um, so that transitions me into to CB four. CB four is a guy who you're going to get to a lot later, um, but I'm, I'm I'm a lot lower on than consensus. Um, and again, I try my best to. I tend to have a hard time with longer corners, like bigger, longer corners who just beat you up at the line of scrimmage because I tend to think that like, I tend to see a lot of lack of refinement in the press tech. And I was lower on sauce Gardner. I was, I was wrong. I think I had him CB three. He went out and dominated and became rookie of the year. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm trying not to do that again, but I don't think this guy's the same kind of player that sauce was clearly. Um, and that's Joey Porter jr. Man. Um, so I have Joey Porter jr. At CB four. Uh, just for me, again, I don't, I don't see the elite foot speed. Uh, I think his, his feet are a little bit heavier when he's in press tech. And I think he gets away a lot of the time with it because he is a bully at the line of scrimmage. Um, but man, when he went up against some of the top, like the, some of the better competition, I just, ugh. um, he's really grabby at the top of routes as well. And so I think, there are some teams who are okay with that, who are okay with giving up a penalty if, you, if they're going to put a guy on the field that's going to stay hip-to-hip, though. So there are teams that that, that Porter Jr. is for. Um, I'm personally not one of those guys, and so I, I prefer, you know, twitchier um, guys with more explosive triggers. Um, 
And that's why I have Joey Porter fourth. Again, I think he's going to go for first round. Again, a CB4. We're talking about a deep glass of corners here. So, um, but again, just not my flavor of corner. Um, and who knows? He might go test well. But but again, I don't see foot speed. I don't see refined press tech. And I think when he gets into the NFL level, that can be coached. Uh, but it might take him a little bit of time. Yeah, like you said, for me, Porter's going to be a little bit higher, so I'll be talking about him a little bit later. But I, but I certainly understand those are valid concerns and concerns I have too. Um, you know, but but like I said, I'll, I'll get that get to why I'm I'm betting on him a little bit higher than you. But for me, CB three is going to be a little bit of a surprise. Um, and to me, these these next three players for me are separated by uh, less than a point apiece. Like I see them all like kind of in that same range and and to me it's just more about preference um and, and just the the play style of, of dd but number three for me is christian gonzalez from oregon and man i i was if you're looking at pure corner film and and just covering and you know just mirroring and, and pretty much everything you want to check off the box kind of the modern nfl it feels like to me christian gonzalez hits those boxes. Uh a guy that that's incredibly smooth in and out of his his breaks, um, very twitchy, just really, you know, ball skills. I mean, everything that you you can think of as a for a corner, uh Christian Gonzalez fits. It only took me two games to realize, okay, this guy is a, a, a top ten, top fifteen talent. Uh because he he was just that that fluid, that that dominant at the the point of attack. Um for me, I think I kind of prefer the physicality part more of, of Devin Witherspoon and, and Joey Porter Jr. a little bit more. But to me, I don't think it's really a knock on Gonzalez because I, I think he's going to be a fantastic uh, day one starter in, in at the NFL level. He's that good. But I think I prefer kind of the more aggressive nature that the NFL seems to be going towards, at least for some teams uh, of the other two. But but for me, Gonzalez is, is incredibly, incredibly good player. Love this film. Yeah, I'll get to Gonzalez a little bit a little bit later as well. But uh, you're right when you when you start to get into um, again, I'm a little bit more bullish, so I kind of have the, the top two guys in a tier of their own, um, and then we get into another tier of the, these corners. But um, we'll talk about Gonzalez later some more in depth. Um, but um, my CB three is Deontay Banks out of Maryland, man. Um, again, I was late to the scene on Banks. I'm not a like I'm not one of those guys who feels the need to be first on everybody. I just want to be thorough on everybody. And and you know, Dane Brugler mocked him in the first round of one of his his recent mocks, and I was like, this this guy. Um, and again, Banks, you know, was a, started as a freshman in the COVID year, uh, and then was was hurt last year, uh, so he didn't play very much at all last year. Came back this year, um, and man, I love his tape. Like that's my kind of corner. Again, he's very physical at the line of scrimmage, the same way kind of Porter Jr. is. If you go watch that Ohio State game, uh, th- there are some reps where he just like uh, it's against Julian Fleming, who is Ohio State's third best receiver. Um, so I get it. Uh, where he just doesn't even let Julian Fleming up the line of scrimmage, man. Like he is in his chest, uh, and there isn't even a route that's run from, from Fleming on that on rep. Uh, and in that same game, he he was matched up with Marvin Harrison Jr. most of that game. And Harrison Jr. beat him. I think it was like the first play of the game, beat him at the sideline for a big catch down the sideline. Um, Banks shows some some really fluid movement on tape as well. So what separates Banks and, and Porter Jr.? Again, usually guys who just beat people up at the line of scrimmage but don't 
have anything else in the repertoire after that aren't, aren't my flavor, but but I think Banks kick slides a little bit better. I think Banks opens his hips with a little more fluidity uh, and better timing. Um, and then again, there's one rep against Marvin Harris Jr. Man, he transitions with him. Uh, again, he's tracking him on a comeback route, and, and and Harrison Jr. tries to stem him off, and then and then break back outside. And he's with him on the stem, and then speed transitions transitions with him on on the comeback. And uh, I, I was just I was bewildered by by Deontay Banks's tape and I think he's he's a tremendous player so I feel comfortable having him up here at, at CB3. Yeah, he just missed for me uh CB6, but everything you mentioned um especially the Ohio State tape was was fantastic and uh he's a guy to me I think I'm probably going to go back and be like, you know, I should probably should add him my my top 5 CBs, but uh but I'm I'm not quite there yet with him, but but still a really good player and, and someone I enjoy watching. Um, next for me is uh, Devin Witherspoon, the uh, defensive back out of Illinois. I believe he is two on both of our lists. Um, but yeah, Witherspoon, man, uh, so so good. Um, and he does it in both zone and man, which I think really really intrigues me uh, for his NFL projection. Um, it's a guy that really put it all together his final year at Illinois. Part of a, a secondary is probably going to have maybe three guys going to top 100, 125, because uh, I, I love Jartavius Martin as well. Um, but, but Witherspoon is so good. The, you know, kind of the, his run support fits as well. Obviously had that big booming hit against Indiana. He had some nasty hits against Michigan. He is not afraid to to – be in anyone's face, guard anyone, show up uh, really at any time and in the run game, especially too. Um, I was very surprised, you know, because like you hear about his name, you're like, see a lot of people like tweeting about him, but then you watch his tape and, and it matches. Um, honestly, my favorite play on tape wasn't even anything he did in coverage. Um, it was a play against Nebraska and I want to say it was a jet sweep and he ran from like the other side of like, like he was like on the boundary at the twenty yard line. He ran from the far side of the field and, and tracked down. I want to say it was a uh, a running back, a receiver uh, down at like the ten yard line. I think it ended in a field goal. So he's like a guy that has a hot motor, um, really fearless at, at the point of attack at the line of scrimmage, and and just competitive at the catch point. It's hard to to catch the ball on him, and even the catches that that did get made, they were tough. So he's sticky in man coverage. Um, has great anticipation and, and ball skills and zone coverage. I, I had a fun time uh, watching Devin Witherspoon. Yeah, yeah. He's a dude. There, I've yet to watch a meaner player in this draft class than Devin Witherspoon. I, I, there isn't one. Um, pound for pound, the meanest bully in this class. Uh, he's explosive. He's fluid. He's going to run out of his mind. He's going to test out of his mind. Uh, and, and he's not afraid to, to initiate contact. Just not. He's a fearless. He's a fearless football player, man. Um, but he will have eyes on him in Indy because he's listed at six foot and one eighty. So, yeah. um, how, how do you how do you kind of reconcile those those measurables a little bit? Because you know that means he's going to be probably five eleven, five ten and a half. And they're gonna feed him peanut butter sandwiches like crazy to, to get that guy to bulk up to weigh in nice. Um 
he's very much in that same mold as Jair Alexander. Jair Alexander was was kind of knocked the same way because of his size, and he's had a, a very strong NFL career. So um, Devin Witherspoon is a dog, a dog. Um, so you're right. He's I'm right there with you. He's CB2 in this class for me as well. Um, you know, I surefire first rounder um, unless there's, you know, something goes on with medicals in two weeks, which I would never anticipate. Um, top top 15, top 20 player in this class, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. Um, DB1 for me, Joey Porter Jr. We, we kind of alluded to it earlier. For me, uh, it really just came down to just the bully factor definitely weighed in, but just how competitive competitive he is at the catch point. And I do recognize like that Ohio state game, uh, especially there were moments he just, just flow got beat to the inside. Um, and, and, you know, he's very grabby at the top of routes, but I think I'm willing to live with that, you know, knowing that he is going to be, kind of a menace at the line of scrimmage. He's going to disrupt timing. And, you know, like you said, the the foot speed and and just some of the press technique can, can be coached a little bit. I think you you have a player that I don't think he's at at the same same level of of Sauce Gardner length and and kind of bully at the line of scrimmage. But I do think kind of that that mixture of, of length you know, size, you know, being able to get his hands on footballs. We would like to see a little bit more ball production um, from him. I know he has a lot of passes deflected, um, but but want to see him, like, catch a little bit more interceptions, cause a little bit more fumbles, but, but I'm willing to bet on his upside and in, 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 in size. Again, I, I can't blame you. Pe- there, there's a lot of people and there's a lot of NFL teams that love corners who will just go up to the line of scrimmage and punch the receiver in the mouth. Um, so, I mean, I can't blame you. I think he's going to test well as well. Uh, I wish I saw that translate a little bit more in his foot speed on, on tape. But again, I, I'm not, not knocking anything because I get it. Um, once we get in these top three, top four, it's kind of cheap flavor. Um, but for me, mine is Christian Gonzalez. Um, I kind of alluded to it as well. Uh, your CB3, my CB4, or my CB1. Again, if you go on Madden and you create a corner, you're creating Christian Gonzalez. Like you're, you're creating Christian Gonzalez. He's six two, two hundred pounds. Uh, he's an, comes from an athletic family. His sister is an Olympic hurdler. Uh, if you remember from Hard Knocks, David Blau, the the Detroit quarterback, uh, David Blau, uh, Olympic wife. That's Christian Gonzalez's sister, Melissa. Um, so it, it's in his family, and it shows up on tape. This dude is going to be an absolute freak show in Indianapolis. Like he's gonna be an absolute freak show in Indianapolis. Um, I think he's a blue chip prospect, man. Like I, I, I'm probably going to have him. I mean, I, we still have some players to watch, but I think he's going to be a top five player for me in this class. Um, his press tech is is smooth. Even if he doesn't throw his hands as much as you might like, he leads with the feet and that's how you're supposed to do it in press, in press tech. He leads with the, he's always in position. He's always square, opens his hips on time without an issue, flips his hips. Well, his ball skills are tremendous. Tremendous skills, um, and that added up with ball production this year for him. Uh, soft hands, knows how to locate and high point the football. Strong hands. Um, you, you can knock him a little bit for playing through contact a little bit at the catch, but um, in zone coverage, I think he, he spaces well and he understands. You know, if he's facing trips, I, I'm probably getting one of three concepts right here, and here's where I should be. Um, really explosive, fluid, smart, 
refined prospect, man. Um, so I love Christian Gonzalez again, CB one, probably a top five prospect for me when it's all said and done Uh blue chip prospect for me when it's all said and done. Yeah. Yeah. Very tremendous player Um that, like I said, I don't blame you having CB one. And for me, like I said, it's all separated by, by less than a point, those top three. So honestly, you know, things shake down in Mo, I mean, not mobile <laughs> in Indy, uh, the way that they sound, I would not be surprised if I might have to revisit that. But you know what? I'm 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 fine with where I'm at. Uh, and just to review uh, before we move on to safeties, uh, our top fives for me: uh, five was Keely Ringo, four was Emmanuel Forbes, three was Christian Gonzalez, two Devin Witherspoon, then one Joey Porter Jr. Then for you, Corey. Yeah, for me, it was five, Emmanuel Forbes, four, Joey Porter Jr., three, Deontay Banks, two, Devon Witherspoon, one, Christian Gonzalez. All right, so we'll take a look now at the 2023 safety class. Um, and uh, just like we always do, we're going to go five to one in, in ranking each of our safeties. Since I went first on defensive backs, uh, Corey, we'll start with you. Who's your number five safety? Yeah, I mean, this is a really weird class where like there aren't very many true center fielders or there's a lot of guys who play in the box and, and can't get depth or play with range. So um, it, was a, it was a tough, tough class to rank, but for me, number five is going to be Christopher Smith out of the university of Georgia. Um Christopher Smith is one of the only true center fielders in this class. Um, so I'm going to start by saying that I, I personally love Christopher Smith's tape and want to rank him higher, but he's six feet tall and 188 pounds is what he's listed at. And it shows up on tape. It shows up when he's forced to kind of trigger downhill and match up on tight ends or, or go one-on-one with tight ends. It shows when he's forced uh, to, to come downhill, and make a tackle. And he's not a stranger to making a tackle. He's the efforts there. He, he has a good trigger to get downhill and put himself in position to make a tackle, but he missed 11 tackles last year, 15% of his attempts. So like the size and how it has affected his tape and his game is hard for me to overlook. But again, he's a top five tackle in this class. I would take him in the third round. I think he's, he's a good, really smart, instinctual player. Uh, again, I don't think his long speed is anything dynamic. Uh, I don't think he's, he's going to be an overwhelming athlete. Um, he will be, if, you know, he's a fifth year guy. He will be 25 or 23 on draft day. So like a little bit of an older prospect, but, um, has range over the top, even though he lacks that long speed because he plays with instincts and he can anticipate. Very smart. I, I had a tweet today. He is like, if you're playing Madden 2006 with the QB vision feature on and how it would, if you're playing with Peyton Manning, he can see the whole field. You don't even have to like move it around uh, from side to side of the field. That's how I feel like Smith plays on the defensive side of the ball. Like his peripherals are so wide. He's not playing with horse blinders on. He can anticipate guys you know, if he's playing center, like middle field, he can fit in, anticipate hash to hash, hash to hash really well. Um, I think he triggers on matches really well. Um, again, in the run game, his read react is on time. Even if he's not the most dynamic athlete, he's always in position. He's always where he needs to be. He's a leader on that defensive side of the ball, a strong communicator. Um, so the traits aren't, aren't, aren't there to blow me away, but he, he's a, a rock 
solid player, a rock solid player. So I have him at, at, at safety five for me. Yeah, he's a little bit higher for me, but but he also cracked my list and, and the instincts were a big, big part of it for me. Number five for me is uh JL Skinner from Boise State. And and I'm a known like JL Skinner fan. So ranking him at five hurt me a little bit, I'm not gonna lie to you. But uh but I think for me it's because I see him probably as a, a box safety at the NFL level. And I think it's because I worry about him in coverage and in, in, in coverage in space, uh, just being able to recognize that. I have no issues with his ability to diagnose diagnose plays and uh, you know close downhill. Had so many reps where when when he's coming downhill or coming towards the line of scrimmage, he is making play after play. We know about the hit he had against Oklahoma State uh, last season, um, and just the the overall ability to to chase down plays. And he added ball production. He did force more turnovers this year, got a couple of interceptions. Uh, actually had two interceptions in one game against Wyoming. He ended the game twice. So you see that. You see the instincts, the ability to, to attack the football. I just wonder how much can you use him as a a true cover guy? And I see him in, in spots against tight ends where – if it's like a physical guy that that's just trying to gain position or just trying to bully their way for bully bully their way for a first down, I see him being able to do that. But against those more athletic guys, guys that can stretch vertically, I worry about uh, how grabby he gets at the top of routes and kind of panics a little bit in, in man coverage. So for me, ended up at number five. Could be a little higher, and, and we'll see how he tests. I mean, he's he's six four, two twenty guy. I think he weighed in at, or. 6'3", around 220, 225 when he weighed in at the Senior Bowl. So it matches on tape and it matches in person. Uh, but but we'll see just how high he goes. Yeah, that's an easy segue for me because he's my my, my fourth safety. Um, those traits, though, man. Like, he's got to run in a straight line really fast. Uh, I think he's fluid for his size for a guy who is as big as he is. He he's there's obviously a hitch when he's forced to flip his hips or change his directions, but it's 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 not detrimental. Uh, again, he's a hard hit hard hitter. He'll fit the run. I I just want to know what happened between last year and this year because he played a lot more over the top in, in mm-hmm. 2021, and then, then this year he played a lot in the box. Right. Um. So I, I mean that range is there on tape from a year ago. His ability to run the alley is there on tape from a year ago but it's not there this year. And I, I share those same concerns about him and man coach. Uh, again, at the senior bowl, he got routed up, man. Um, it's on his tape too. If he's an off man, he, he can get lost on stems, run on some stems. Um, so I share those same concerns. But something tells me he can be a too high guy. If he's asked to be a too high guy, I don't want him in single high, obviously, but I think he could be a too high guy who can rotate down into the box and fit the run. He can be a dime backer. I think there are ways to use Skinner to to, to maximize his skill set, and again, I, I just think he's a good athlete at that size, and and so I think the traits are there to to kind of elevate him a little bit. But his twenty twenty two tape was definitely disappointing for where we came into the season on him. Yeah, I thought he was a guy that might push top fifty coming into the year. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he still might, you know, depending on how he tests and what teams fall in love with, but. I just don't I don't know if I see it now just based on the film and, and some of the, the things you gotta worry about him in coverage with. So 
Uh, that's why I ended up at safety five for me. You're safety four. My safety four uh, is Jamie Robinson, Florida State uh, safety. And uh, there might not be really outside of, of Brian Branch, who we'll talk about later. I think you were looking at just pure film and, and physicality and just playing with your hair on fire. I mean, he is he is the epitome of all that. Um, just a guy that he's going to go make a play when you need it. Like you, you don't, you don't have to worry about, you know, where he's going to be, his his responsibility. He's going to be in position to make plays. And that's what I love about his film. And and to me, I think you can use him uh, in, in a couple of different ways. You, I don't think he's truly a box safety. I think he's a guy that you can put uh, as a, as a two high guy, rotate into the box too. But I did see some coverage upside. And I know with the senior bowl, like, there weren't any great guys in man coverage as a safety, but but if you if you need him to to cover and uh you know challenge at the catch point, I think he can do that as well. So he ended up at four for me because I I, I like Christmas tape a little bit better in terms of just him having that ability to play single high. But Robinson for me is is a guy that I I would take top fifty and and not think twice about it. I think he's that good of a player that. He's going to be a plug and play player. He's going to be, um, you know, dynamic, you know, as a, as a two high guy, as a guy that, that you rotate into the box, you can, can throw him in some situations and man coverage. So I, I like his ball skills, his, his tackling ability, especially in open field compared to Chris Smith. He's certainly a much more, a, a cleaner and, and more sound tackler, I think, than Chris Smith. While Smith has some, may have some flashier plays on tape, but, but I really like Robinson's tape and and think he's going to be a really good pro, man. Yeah, again, Robinson is an outlier size-wise. You know, the same kind of concerns I have about Chris Smith, I have. I mean, actually, I don't in terms of play style, but in terms of size outlier. But I think Robinson is is definitely more filled out than than Chris Smith is um, frame-wise. He's got a a denser frame. Uh, And again, his missed tackle rate on on more attempts was half of, 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 of Smith's. Um, and again, I'm using PFF. So they chart, you know, missed tackles and, and chart percentages, alignments, all that stuff. Um, listen to to Jamie Robinson, uh, who is my safety three. So again, this is a really easy segue. Listen to his alignment, his snap count alignment. Uh, 352 snaps, true over the top third level safety. 252 in the box, 167 in the nickel. That's about as even as a split of a guy who's going to do whatever you want for you uh, in terms of of being. We throw around the you know the chess piece is probably the most overused term in, in scouting, you know, um, when we're talking about prospects. But Jamie Robinson might be the guy who's you want to play in the in the slot, go go play in the slot. I mean, he's not gonna be able to bully tight ends one on one, but I think he's twitchy enough to hang with some slot receivers. Uh, I think his long speed, if you know you ask him to hang with you know, with with no help over top in a single high look, then I probably wouldn't do that. Uh, that's gonna be but I think he can hang slot receivers in, in man coverage. Um, he fits the run really well, man. Again, for his size, he is fearless when it comes to participating in run fits. He's not afraid to stick his nose in a gap, and he's not afraid to go helmet to chest with a with a ball carrier. So, um, again, I said Witherspoon is, is pound for pound the, the meanest player uh, in, in this draft class. Jamie Robinson might be pound for pound the toughest player in this draft class. I just I've been pounding the Jamie Tabor table. For a long, long time, uh, he's probably just going to be an average athlete, maybe a little bit above average athlete in, in two weeks of the combine. But his game is rock solid. And, and, and again, ask him to play in the box, ask him to play too high, ask him to play single high. 
on occasion, you know, he's not going to, he's not going to be super rangy or ask him to play in the slot. He'll do it. So, uh, I love Jamie Robinson. He's one of my guys, man. Yeah. Really, really good player, man. Um, and to me, three and four were, were just one, another one of those things that were so close and, and, you know, kind of see them in, in the same light. So number four or number three for me, uh, is Chris Smith from Georgia. And really it, it, it came down to, his range as a single high safety, just how he's able to anticipate it and get to where the spot he needs to, even though he's not the fastest or, or twitchiest guy. Um, and then just how he hunts for the football. Um, that that TCU force fumble uh, was, was one play that stuck in my mind, how he was able to cover so much ground and then, then rip the ball out. Um, and, and I want to say there was a, a another play can't remember the exact play, but there's another play too where he is just in position uh, on the deep ball. He had a nice game against Oregon too at the beginning of the season. So Chris Smith is going to be a guy I think need to answer some questions. Obviously, physically, like what does he weigh in at? How tall is he? Um, and and what does his change of direction look like? I think those are three questions he needs to answer at the combine, but based on pure film and, and his anticipation and awareness um, and, and instincts. I just think he's, he's a guy that I think can fit as a single high guy. I, I don't know if I would rely on that solely. I think you can, can put him in some positions where you maybe rotate him into single high. You'll be fine for a couple of plays, probably not a whole game type of thing, but I think he, he has enough instincts and ball skills to, to, you know, be an impact guy. Uh, from year one in the NFL. Yeah, man, again, I, I want to like, as I said, like I love Christopher Smith's tape, but that play strength, it, it shows up for me in, in, in ways that are a little bit detrimental. Um, but I will not knock anybody who sees that the, the, the ceiling and says, yeah, man, that's, that's a good football player because he is a good football player. And, you know, if he's there and, you know, that top 75, top 90, get into the comp pick range, like absolutely. I would love that guy on my football team. Um, we have the same two and one. I think everybody in this, like who has watched this class probably has the same two and one. Uh, the, the two guys at the top are, are pretty clear cut above the rest. Um, with number two being Antonio Johnson uh, out of Texas A&M again, A&M had a disaster of a season, a dumpster fire of a season, um, that didn't go their way. Quarterback position melted down, uh, injuries to some key players, uh, some questionable decisions from Jimbo Fisher, but I thought Antonio Johnson was was a bright spot, even if his level of play didn't elevate above where it was last year. So I left saying, ah, man, I just feel like this is kind of the same football player we talked about last year, but that football player we talked about last year is a really good football player. Um, he's another guy who's a predominantly a slot, though. So that's where we, we get a little bit. These top two guys, both, predominantly slot slots. Um, so we can kind of get back into the conversation we had, uh, about Minka Fitzpatrick, um, back the year he was eligible. Um, you know, is he even a safety? Is he just a corner? Like you, you can have those conversations if you want. Um, but again, he did play 110 snaps at the third level, 128 in the box, 280 in the slot. So, um, but he's twitched up, man, athletic as it gets. And he's, he's massive. He's listed 6'3", 195. So he's a big dude. Um, Again, I don't love the defensive scheme. I feel like he was just playing off man a lot in a slot. 
So you got to kind of sift through some of that scheme stuff with him as well. Um, but again, the traits are just unbelievable when you're talking about Antonio Johnson. Um, so, I mean, I, I like the player. Again, he needs to, to cut out some of the missed tackles, not overly physical. Um, but a guy who's going to test off the charts, a guy with traits out, out, out the ass, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, and whose football is his best football is probably the best ahead of him. Again, he didn't improve, but his tape's still fine. And he's, he's, he's about to exit one of the most, one of the biggest dumpster fires of a program from 2022. So, um, there's a lot to love with, with Antonio Johnson. Yeah. He was a guy that, uh, it was really around this time last year where I was watching DeMarvin Leal and some of the other Texas A&M, uh, defenders where I was like, okay, like who was, Who's 27? He's like flying all over the field, making plays, you know, in the run game, you know, as a, as an off man defender. Um, and like you said, it, it was the same level of plays last year, but like for a guy like that, we expected like maybe he cracks top 15, top 20. Maybe he goes back into round one or early. I, I, I'm suspecting he's probably going to go early round two just based on one. There, none of these, these two top guys are not traditional safeties already. And two, where exactly are you going to play him? But I would, I love his game. I think he's another one of those guys that he, he's going to get it done. You know, you ask him to, to fit the run, you know, he'll, he'll do the best he can. He can snuff out screen passes uh, on the perimeter uh, pretty well, too. Um, you know, just really attacking the football. I think that that's exactly what you want out of him. And for me, Johnson kind of fits a, the same same thing I loved about him last year. Is same thing, you know, that I love about him this year. Just want to see him take a little bit of a step. The scheme didn't really allow him to showcase, I think, his full range of skill sets. So I think when an NFL team gets him into a camp and – like, you know, they start throwing him around different places. You know, they'll see things he didn't see on this tape just because he played mostly nickel. But I'm, I'm surprised they just didn't throw him at, at safety, at true safety at times. I mean, they were just it's just an awful season for Texas A&M. But, but I think a guy that probably got misutilized a little bit to be a just a nickel at the, at the college level at the very least. Yeah. Again, I, I want to go back and I just want to hit on, again, I'm using some of PFF's charted data here um between his 2021 and 2022 seasons he played almost or about 200 he played 218 more snaps a year ago um and in 218 more snaps he had half the amount of missed tackles or 218 more snaps yeah he had half the amount of, of, of missed tackles in 218 more snaps he gave up a passer rating of 20 less than he did this year so in a higher volume all of the, the the knocks that I just mentioned were were cut in half. In 218 more snaps in 2021, he had zero penalties. In 218 fewer snaps this year, he had three penalties. So again, this is a really good football player. There are reasons to to you know at the combine he's going to interview with every team, and there, there's going to be questions. You know what? Why didn't you know what happened this season? You know your your play didn't elevate. Um, I think there's some sort of breakdown between coaches and players at Texas. Oh, State. definitely. Like, I think there's a, there's like that, that's, that's insane. In a, in a lesser volume of snaps to have your missed tackles go from, what is it? Uh, to go from seven to 13. And for in less snaps for your 
passer rating allowed to go from 71 to 91. Same amount of snaps for your penalties from zero to three. That's just not football. That's coming to just not being a disc tackler. That's coming down to just not, not staying in your technique. Um, so again, he's a good football player, man. He's a really good football player. Uh, and I think that's just a safety one. And we're both in agreement that for me, this is the easy report that I've written all year, man. Like when I sit down to, to watch this guy and type out his report, the easy report I've ever had to write. And I think he's probably a top three player in this class, top four player in this class at minimum. Uh, and that's Brian Branch, safety out of Alabama. Again, who significantly and mostly out of school, uh, for Alabama. But dude, when we talk about an explosive trigger, this dude gets downhill in the blink of an eye. This dude's click and close is unbelievable. His tackling is off the charts. This dude will hit. Not single missed tackle in 2021. And only, let me, let me, let me hear. Only three missed tackles in 22. Uh, 3% of his attempts were missed tackles. This dude is as sturdy as it gets. And he's an athlete, man. He's an athlete. Gave up a passer rating of nine this past season. Uh, and he plays in the nickel a lot. He's in man coverage a lot. He's sticky. He's fluid. Uh, what, what, what? He can play man. He plays zone. He can trigger downhill. He can fit the What doesn't this guy do besides play at free safety to be a true, like, oh, he's not a safety? Like, okay, fine. Uh, everything tells me he has the instincts to do it. So if that's your knock on him, I get it. But he's as well-rounded of a prospect as, as I've, I've seen so far outside of Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. Like, yeah. Would you, would you even write for his deficiencies? He didn't play safety. Like I, there was like, it was so like, there are some guys where you could, you know, the weaknesses immediately. It, it took you a while to figure out, okay, what is this guy bad at? Because like, all right, one game he's just blitzing a lot or, you know, just like, playing like shorter zones or whatever, just because they need him to next game. He's making incredible pass deflections. I, I probably had two of the, the best five plays I've seen on film this year, Uh, you know, deflecting that final pass, I think against Ole Miss. And then there was a pass against Mississippi state along the right sideline where he makes an incredible play on the ball. Like I, I you think it's a completion. He finds a way to, to tip it away. So, Everything, I mean, the athleticism, the the twitchiness, um, his Kansas State game put a bow on his year. He was just mm-hmm. so dominant in that game. The best player on that field that game. Unbelievable uh, ball skills too, man. Like, that pick he had against Kansas State is a high-level play, man. To peel off of his route and jump the one underneath and, and pick yep. that thing off. Uh, an unbelievable ball player. Like, if you want to knock him for not playing at the third level enough and not you, you call him a corner, whatever, call him a corner. He's then he's CB one. If you want to call him corner, I don't care. Listen to this production for a guy who played 500 snaps in the slot this year. 90 tackles for a nickel. 90 tackles, 14 tackles for loss, three sacks, two picks, seven passes defended. That's unbelievable production from a guy who's playing the nickel. I- unbelievable. I I just don't understand how did he just play nickel? Because I mean he's he's clearly 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry, DeMar- DeMarco Hellens. He's clearly a better safety than, than Hellens, and Hellens was left one-on-one way too much for my liking. And they put him in single high. I, I think, well, I, I think there's, and again, we're going to get to a mailbag, and there's a mailbag about one of the, the Alabama safeties, but there are obvious physical limitations to both of those Alabama safeties, and I think that was the easiest way they could mask them. Oh, for but sure. Sticking them in single high still isn't like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I get it. Maybe you want your best football player closest to the football, closer to the football. I, I get it. But again, when we're talking about the NFL, these teams are playing Nicholas base these days. Like, right. Again, I write for the Browns. I follow the Browns. They play 75% nickel, man. And that's pretty, that's pretty standard league wide. This dude's going to start, even if it is the nickel and he's going to be a pro bowler. Like this guy, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. He, he's that good. Um, But yeah, just to recap our top five, cause uh, an emphatic number one, Brian branch. Uh, but for me, um, number five was J.L. Skinner. Number four, Jamie Robinson. Number three. Um, I don't know why I just drew a blank. Chris Smith uh, from Georgia. Number two, Antonio Johnson. Then number one, uh, obviously Brian branch. Yeah, and then for me, Christopher Smith, five, uh, J.L. Skinner, four, Jamie Robbins, three, Antonio Johnson, two, Brian Branch, one. Devin, I do want to talk before we, we go to the mailbag. <laughs> Who were, like, some safeties that, again, we talked, these guys were better in 2021 than they are in 22, and that you're really disappointed they didn't make your list. Because for me, like, I loved Ronnie Hickman's tape coming into the season. Like, and even up until – midway three quarters way through the season like oh ronnie hickman's having a really good year but then you get to the mission game and then you get to the georgia game and then you see his one day at the senior bowl and you're like you're like ah there's some real bad things on 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 the tape to the point i can't put ronnie hickman in my top five i don't think he has any range at all i don't know how fast that dude's gonna run um can he play anywhere other than the box is where I'm now left. And I'm like, if that's the case, that's a three player, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Hickman was one that, that disappointed me a little bit for sure. Uh, I think another guy that I like, but I just don't think is, I it doesn't necessarily answer your question. But another guy I like that, um, just didn't really come close to the the top five. Is uh, I like Bennett Williams from Oregon, the Oregon safety. Mm. I like his his instincts and um ability to to close on the football. I worry about kind of his long speed to to hang. Uh, you know, as a true safety, so I'm kind of interested to see where exactly does he fit. Probably. I mean, I have a late day three grade on him right now, so I don't know if he's getting drafted, but, you know, just a guy to to keep an eye on. But uh, we can go ahead and get into a mailbag because one of the guys that is about mm-hmm. the mailbag, he's a guy that I think took a step back in 2022. Yeah. And again, we broke down DBs. Man, I just feel like we could have an episode on Nichols as well. If you want to throw oh, yeah. Brian Branch in there as well. But, like, there are a lot of these safeties and corners who are actually going to be Nichols, like, Travis Tomlinson or Hodges Tomlinson, like that dude is going to be the smallest corner in combine history. That dude might be the smallest corner in combine history. That guy's not playing outside. Clark Phillips didn't make either of our top fives. He's probably going to be a nickel. Quan Martin, Illinois. We both like Quan Martin, probably a nickel. 
So I, I it's hard to leave out Nichols, but uh, time it's a fickle thing. Uh, but getting into the mailbag now, Devin, I'll let I'll let you go for for this uh, first with this one from Twitter. Um, actually, no, we're gonna go with with the one from Apple again. What we're trying to do here, um, kind of what we're setting up is if you rate our podcast podcast and you review it. And if you leave a question in the review, we'll answer it on the mailbag. Uh, so that's kind of what we're, we're trying to build here um, is, is a way one to, to boost our score on Apple podcast cats out of the bag there, but two, a way for you guys to engage with us. So um, we got one from D nail about a safety. So uh, easiest way to talk about this. Uh, and he said, when you all get, when you all get to back end guys, tell me, is there something I'm missing on Jordan battle? Thumper who can run and is smooth enough to handle shifty guys in space. Smart, instinctual, has been a leader on defense for Saban since his sophomore year. Uh, he's played in every game, started to share uh, as, a, as a true freshman at, on an insanely loaded Bama roster. He is so impressive on film, screams day one starter, defensive rookie of the year candidate guy. I think he should be a, a, in the lottery talk uh, after, the, after the combine. Um, Carter, Anderson, maybe even... Uh, I don't really understand the last part of that question, but basically the the gist of the question: Why isn't there more more Jordan Battle talk? Um, Devin, I'll let you start on This one was a struggle for me because he was a guy that you see him like he flashes, like no doubt. Like when you watch an Alabama defense, he flashes, but I just don't see enough upside in the coverage aspect of it it just feels like he is what he said he is a he's a thumper like a guy you want playing toward more towards a line of scrimmage and he made a nice play against kansas state where he was able to fall back and and on the wheel route and get interception but i feel like that's what he is like he's a guy that you want like matched up you know at times against tight ends matched up like in in kind of in the flat and in, in kind of that ten yard marker, like you want him like handling like crossing routes and coming downhill, but I just don't see him moving backwards and like locating the football and kind of being in that that too high alignment, even one high at times, just is not doesn't fit his skill set, which is why he for me didn't crack the top five, um, and and I was a little bit lower on him. Yeah, um, I'm there. I, I don't think he's a good enough athlete. Um, I think somebody's going to take him day two. I think he could be a back end of day of day two guy because I think he's a sturdy safety still, though, man. Like when he's in too high, I, I think he has really good post eyes to, to bracket off some inside breakers. Um, I think he knows where he's supposed to be on the football field. Uh, again, I think he is good at working downhill and fitting the run. Um, but for a guy who's six one and two fifteen, I wish he was a little more physical. Um, a lot of missed tackles this year for for, for adults. So I, I think he's just like in between, like outside of playing too high. I, I don't think he, he can't play in the slot. I think he can play in the box a little bit. Um, I think he could fit the run, uh, but he might he might be a liability in terms of like taking contact into his chest. Uh, again, I wish he w- were a little more forward physical uh willing to initiate that contact a little bit better um and then i just don't see the range over top so again i have an early four on him again because i do his instincts i like his eyes i like his communication i think he is a leader um and i do think 
there are going to be teams that want a high floor and he has a high floor. Um, but it's just nothing he does overwhelmingly staggering. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. All right, Devin question. Favorite prospect who got, or, is, or yeah. Prospect that got you into scouting. Oh man. I got to think about this one. Um, that got me into scouting. Um, honestly, Kyler Murray, to be uh-huh. honest. And I, cause I got back in of his class and like, there weren't any like guys that, that like overwhelmingly stuck out to me, but like watching him ball, you know, like against, I, I want to say, wh- who did he play? It was Bama. I think it was against Bama, uh, in the, the semifinal game. Like watching the ball against that and, and be able to create off script, off schedule, you know, that kind of gave me a kind of baseline of like what was to come and expect the next couple of years. Obviously, we got Trevor Lawrence a couple of years later, Justin Fields. So I guess his style of play kind of really intrigued me. And then like I got more into it and, um, yeah, he, he was a guy that, that really kind of sparked it for me. Uh, just how interesting and, and dynamic his film was. And then like the varying opinions on him. He obviously ended up going number one overall, but a lot of people were, were projecting him like late round one, maybe early round two guy. Uh, but you know, mm-hmm. going first overall. So, so that, that's a guy that, that, that I can think of that, that got me hooked. Love it. Mine was Debo Samuel, man. Mine was Debo Samuel. Um, just such a unique player. And that was, a, that was the same class, 2019. Um, yeah, 2019. Um, and he was just such a unique player. Such a unique player. Uh, and that was a loaded wide receiver class. He wide receiver one. I won't talk about receiver two because it was a big old miss. So we won't talk about that. Um, I just love his game, his explosiveness, uh, his ability after the camp. And I just remember being like, oh, this would be fun to just like kind of break this down. Um, so that's what I did, you know, and from 2019, you know, I'm actually reading an article of my finalized board from 2019 and it's garbage. Uh, nice to know, you know, there's plenty of room to progress and get better. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was, um, both annual for me. Um, next one, favorite prospect who was injured in May slide. Jackson Smith and Jigba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Um, I was. Nolan Smith too. I was mad Nolan Smith. Oh yeah, I yeah. love Nolan Smith's tape, man. Nolan Smith again. I have a thing for bendy edges, and I love edge rushers who can just take the outside corner any way they want. Um, but again, he got hurt this season, season ending. Uh, I believe he did. He tear uh, his pec. I think he tore his pec. Yeah, I think so. So that that him uh, again. I think he's a round one prospect who could fall into day two. Um, Jackson Smith and Jig is another. That's another one too. Um, that's, that's like the, the obvious one. That's the, the elephant in the room. Um, last one, Devin, we got some over-unders here. Again, this was an Apple podcast review. Um, images in the top. You said four. Yes. So five would be over. Four is like the, the, the line. Yeah. I'm gonna go under. I would push that right at four. Um, but yeah, I, I will. I, five and twelve—that's a lot. So I'm going to go under as well. 
six corners in round one. Under. Under. I, I mean, for me, I think. I think four. I, yeah, four is four. for sure. I think, but five, I think, will be pushing it a little bit. Be I would say bit. three is for sure. That's that. I think Virginia is going to be higher than Deontay Banks would be that four. Ringo maybe four, but there's not really a consensus on Banks, Ringo, Forbes. So three for or three for sure. Yeah, I'd say four, maybe five, but six is a lot, man. That's a lot of corners. Two and a half trades in the first round. So three or two over under two and a half trades. Yeah, I'm gonna go over. I think there's gonna be an obvious one. I think there's gonna be two on quarterbacks as well. And I think mm-hmm. someone is going to slide that we don't expect already. Mm-hmm. And then I think someone's going to trade up and get him like, because like you think about, there's a couple of teams that have two, I think there's four teams with two, at least two mm-hmm. first round picks. So you have to expect at least one of them might just trade out of the first round altogether all to recoup maybe a first next year or uh, some more picks later in the draft. So I think, it's definitely over. I would not be surprised if there's at least four, like two, mm-hmm. like probably early on, and then like one, like kind of in the teens, and then one maybe in the twenties. But but I think definitely over two and a half. Yeah, I was in the top ten as well. So. And I always every year we're like, oh, it's gonna get crazy, and then it never does. Like there's like oh two kind of sprinkled in. But I think this year is really intriguing. I think we're going to be a frenzy in the top 10. So and two on quarterbacks alone, one elsewhere. I'll say over well, but I think three would be the max in the top 10. But again, I think people are going to move up to get quarterbacks. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, that's it, Devin. That's it. Yeah. Again, if you want your question read on air, rate on Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, leave a review, put the question in the review. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. For sure, man. Make sure uh you guys uh subscribe to to this uh this podcast. We're gonna be moving into twice a week now that everything's starting to ramp up. So we're gonna have a special edition uh later in the week podcast. We won't spoil it, but uh we'll we'll think you guys will like it for sure. Um definitely get into the the NFL draft swing of things and uh you know, maybe you know, I'm not even going to give it away. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be back again later this week to, uh, provide you some more info draft content. It won't be positional rankings, but, but something a little fun, something we haven't done here on this podcast. Uh, but make sure to do that. Make sure to, uh, check out Corey Substack, uh, to, to get homage gear, uh, get all your sporting gear and, uh, help support us. And until next time, we will see you guys later this week.